When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, I'm Phil Town. And this is Danielle Town. <laughs> Welcome to the Invested Podcast. We're going after, you know, how to how to invest. I mean, that's really the essence of it. And I'm just thinking last time. How to invest sustainably, right? Like how to invest in yeah. a in a way that's life affirming, life supporting, good for your coming back to it every day. Making yeah. money in a, in a like life affirming and life supporting and the way you think life affirming and life supporting is not the way I think it is or some ESG finance bro thinks it is. Yeah. Your values. Yeah. Well, we finished talking about Glanvia last time a little bit on that subject and we're going to push off Glanvia another week or two while we do a little more research. But I think talking about, companies like that I really enjoyed that because I didn't know the first thing about the protein powder business I still don't know that much about the protein powder business but what's so fun is just having like a little insight a little basic fun research project into the protein powder business through the lens of one particular company in Ireland that sells all over the world it's just, I don't know, there's just something like fantastic about this. It makes me happy. I know, and there's something about it that, you know, something about it that I like is that it really, um, in a way, the, the research sets its own agenda as you start into it. Oh, tell me it's about that. Pretty, it's pretty free-floating. I mean, I've yeah. always had this idea that theoretically I should go through step one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. You know, I've got a checklist. It's got about a hundred things on it. You know, it's like, yeah. I don't think there's ever been a case when I didn't get waylaid by something interesting that just took me off in a different direction hmm. within the context of like, say researching Glanbia, mm-hmm. which is this Irish company we've been talking about. Things just, I just wander off into different, different places and you end up in strange places. And I don't even know how this happened, but in looking at Glanbia, um, and I'm thinking about the values of Glanbia, and then I started mm. wondering. I wondered if Glanbia is selling their products in these big box stores, or are they just doing it in little small nutrition stores? And how do they mm. compete? And I started wandering into that aisle, and the next thing I know, I'm, I'm, I'm down into the big box stores and discovering that there's active government um, attacks going on against the big box stores in the United States for uncompetitive practices and I started thinking wow you know talk about you know bringing your values into your you know your your values and your money to, to have integrity with your values and have your money invested with integrity and in the things that you value um, I just wonder how many of us actually realize what our companies are doing out there tell me more the, about that world. why wouldn't somebody realize 
what well, for like starters, let's say you own walmart would you know what walmart does everyone knows what walmart does right right yeah i mean and you think it's i i mean i always known what walmart does and you think of it as being benign i mean walmart tells you what it does right oh, on their side i don't think of it as being benign we even used it in our book as an example of a big nasty company that we wouldn't right, want to right. invest in. Right. <laughs> One that has, by the way, done extraordinarily well and made tons of money for everybody who did invest in it 10 years ago, let's say. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Um, Walmart puts its values right on its sign, lower prices every day, right? Mm -hmm. That's their value. And looks like they pretty much, I'm sure they give lip service to every other value that every other corporation is supposed to give lip service to. But... That's their value. And as a result of that, they do some really crappy things that we've talked about, right? In terms of driving um, companies to um, have practices that are almost inhumane or actually are inhumane. Like Smithfield Foods, I think, was an example we talked about a long time ago about how Walmart kept driving down the price until Smithfield put hogs in containers so Smithfield being a supplier there. in order a to supplier for pork. Yeah. And in order to make sure that they kept probably what was their biggest client, let's say right. Walmart, right. Um, the loss of which would be a massive blow to the company. So it's essentially right. like the too big to fail version when it comes to clients. Uh, you can't lose it because it probably would sink their company. So they had to keep on cutting costs, cutting costs, cutting costs so that they could make any money off of that contract. And um, yeah, and yeah, they eventually just put their animal standards so low that it was horrific. And of course, nobody really knew until some activist um, went, got a job at a Smithfield plant in Nebraska. That's right, yes. And filmed it. Yes. And the well, films I think people so knew horrific. that there was no, it's just like a story, you know, but then when you actually see yeah. it, it's just, yeah, you can't ignore. Yeah, you can't ignore it. The film is so horrific. You know, they took it, it went into the press and the press made a big story out of it. And then, of course, the legislature started to take action in Nebraska. And the action that they took was almost comical. Instead of taking action to the protection of sentient beings, including the people who work at at Smithfield, um, Smithfield's such a huge player in Nebraska politics that what the politicians did is make a law that you can't go in and film oh, right. in somebody's plant. <laughs> so it's just, oh, okay. Don't so fix the problem, so just make it so nobody can tell anybody yeah, about exactly. it. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I mean, know, so I think what you're saying is like, does an investor in Walmart are they aware that Walmart's the kind of company that doesn't care if its suppliers do that sort of thing? Yeah, and are you the kind of person that doesn't care either? That's the yeah. Fun if you're part the kind of person this. who doesn't care either, then it's a match made in heaven. Match Go made in heaven. Go for it. Yeah. Hey, I think you know. So Let the market it, but, decide is what. But you I really think. need to think it out. It's like Walmart goes in as an example of a big box store, and Walmart is doing right now. I know that we the podcast goes all over the world, but Walmart in America has 25% of the grocery store market. So 25% of the food revenue is bought at Walmart, That's which is just enormous. I didn't know that. I didn't know it was that big. Well, and I'll give you the other side of the who's doing good things and who's not argument. Walmart provides 
ex- uh, let's say affordable, relatively affordable food to people mm-hmm. who need it, to people mm-hmm. who can't afford to go anywhere that has even slightly higher prices, who are barely making it, being able to even buy Walmart food. And well, without Walmart, would be in a much more dire situation. Okay, then explain how, well, let me just give you an example. A small town over in Alabama, several small towns over there, have been in existence for uh, a couple hundred years. And the people who live there are eating and no one's starving to death. And Walmart comes in and wipes out every grocery store there. Every one of them gone. Every mm-hmm. pharmacy gone. Every clothing store is gone. Mm-hmm. Because Walmart showed up within a 10 mile radius. Mm-hmm. So how can you argue that Walmart is providing food at prices to people who couldn't otherwise eat? If Walmart just wiped out the competition that was feeding people who were there, did how, how do you square that circle? Maybe they were going elsewhere to buy their food. I don't know. Well, maybe you're wrong. I'm giving an example. I'm not arguing for it. Oh, I'm giving I see. an example of something that Walmart does that people appreciate. And I know this well, from hearing from people who are, who are like, thank goodness, you know, Walmart has the lowest prices. Thank goodness. So... Yeah, but look at how this you can feeds say, into a community. When you look at when you look at it in isolation, then of course you would say, well, you know, this is there are obviously people who are struggling to make ends meet, and obviously lower cost food prices would be of great benefit to them. But let's let's look at a bigger picture. First off, why are these people struggling to make ends meet? Often well, it's because they don't have. This is a whole other have, thing. No, we're going to yeah. go into it for a second. This is a whole thing. Hold so on. The- wait a second. Wait. Wait. <laughs> hold on. You want to talk about the whole Hold on. circle I'm talking of food insecurity? I'm talking no. I'm talking about beggaring your neighbor. So let's stay with this Alabama small town. Okay. You've got people who own a grocery store, own a pharmacy, and own a clothing store, and they hire people who live in that town, who work in the, those three places. Mm-hmm. Um, and now Walmart comes along, and they're all out of jobs. Not not just jobs, but you're out of a lifestyle. You're out of the pride of ownership of your own business. And now you're working at Walmart for oh. minimum wage. Yeah. All right. So you have gone. What has happened is all your neighbors band together without thinking about it or making any kind of conspiracy. They all band together effectively to destroy your career and your company, and effectively your life financially. They've destroyed you. And this is called beggaring your neighbor. And what it is is the idea that you should get lower prices um, at all costs. And whereas if you paid higher prices, those higher prices are being paid because your neighbors own small businesses. That's exactly right. Right? Mm-hmm. So where's where's the ethics there, I guess, is what I'm asking. And how how do you square that? Yeah, it's very big what problem. people deal with every day, right? Do Not you go only the, to that. the place where it's cheaper, that's a gigantic national chain, or do you go to the local place that's more expensive? Well, now not only that, but how about this for some heinous behavior that Walmart's being accused of? That they come in with these low low prices every day, wipe out the competition, 
in the area that they're in, this rural area. And then they raise their prices back up 23%. And people aren't actually paying quite a lot less than they were before. How about Whoa. those apples? How about those apples? What's yeah. that from? What's your source? Tell me all the info. All right. Let's see. Okay. Um, this is coming from uh, the co-director of the Institute for Local Self-Reliance Advocacy Group that challenges the consolidation that corporations do. Uh, an NPR investigation. Hmm. Um, NPR investigation found that Walmart prices went up 23%. Um and um, wow, I mean, after wiping out their local, the local stores, I, ILSR also points to Dollar Tree, yeah. Family Dollar, Dollar General, spreading across, pushing independent grocers out of business. I don't have uh, a source for what I'm about to say, but I have seen articles in the past saying Amazon's done the same thing, where they essentially, for what, 15 years roughly, purposely mm-hmm. lost money on most of the things they sold in order to establish market ownership. And once everybody switched over to Amazon, I know I personally experienced the prices started to go up because they didn't have to compete anymore. Right. So same thing. Yep. Same thing. And um, Amazon, by the way, is this, I mean, you just, and by the way, now it's changing going back the other way. Yeah, well, what they they don't make money on their food on on all the everything you think of as Amazon they don't make money on. What they make money on is in their AWS um, programs, which are really the cloud. They've built Mm -hmm. this phenomenal cloud and are actively trying to put IBM completely out of business, starting from scratch just a few years ago. So they're very effective at it. It's very, very profitable. Mm-hmm. And with those profits, they subsidize all the rest of that stuff that's putting all these other companies out of business. I'd have so, to look at it. I think they do make money off of what they're selling now. Very little. We were just looking at them pretty Yeah, in, I haven't looked detail. at it I'd for a while. Surprised. We should look that up. Um, but yes, you're exactly right. The AWS is Amazon. That's what's keeping them the yep. enormous company that they are. Now, the other thing that happens um, with these big box stores, particularly Walmart, is that um, while their leverage looks like a really good deal for consumers, right? They, they're leveraging their buying power and getting lower prices. Um, what happens is something called the waterbed effect, which is fascinating. What's that? Right? Suppliers are being forced to supply, right? They want that Walmart business, so they cut their price to Walmart. Uh-huh. To the point they might not even make any money or they're they're making just a little money. Like we and were so describing they, with Smithfield. And what they do is raise their prices to other other food distributors. Oh, who don't have the same market who don't power. Have the same buying clout. Which causes the higher price stores to struggle even more, lose customers, yes. go out of business. Then the big box stores, they get their dominance established, their competitors are wiped out, and then they raise prices. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. 
how it's could really, this be okay? It's really, I was just going to say, it's really kind of a case study in monopoly. The power that a monopoly has to steadily destroy capitalist competition. Yeah. And maybe yeah. it's happening differently than it used to, question mark? Because, like, I think of the... Um, the Microsoft monopoly lawsuit, which alleged that because Microsoft was bundling everything together in its computers, it wasn't allowing anybody a choice of, um, was it of their software, I think? And somehow that was monopolistic, which for most legal scholars was not really. Well, for a while a there, case. they were challenging the use of, they were putting the, um, uh, what is it, Microsoft Explorer or something, the internet right. connection on everybody's computer and you had right. to use that and they wouldn't... Yeah, that's what know, it was. Something like that. Um, but essentially because they were just such a huge company, the government was trying to do anything it could to uh, reduce their market power and it worked. So I wonder if it, if this sort of thing that we're talking about with like, really brick and mortar stores I mean, Walmart classic business, right? It's not a fancy tech business at all. I mean, that said Walmart, and I don't have the numbers for this, but I, Walmart is far and away coming up to be the number one competitor to Amazon is for, um, for online buying of kind of like your standard, your standard stuff. That's a really bad way to say it, but like household stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, and definitely grocery. And yeah. I know like from people I know who live in rural areas, Walmart is where people buy online, not Amazon. Hmm. So, yeah. and that's what actually got me interested in Walmart as I was hearing that over and over a few years ago. Well, this, they all were this really is really coming up. So what's the... What's the line here? Like if there was a monopoly action. Well, this, this is all a real challenge to, to me because I'm, 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 uh, I'm, I'm a big, I'm a big advocate of keeping regulations to a minimum. And I really think that our regulatory environment has just gone out of, out of control, essentially that regulators have become like a fourth branch of government in America. And, have no there's no restrictions on them they just they just do whatever they want and there's so you know one solution to this is what kind of one senator elizabeth warren keeps proposing which is to fix the problem from the federal level and pass restrictions against these corporations and stop them you know from doing all this stuff and i just i just hate to see that be the solution because it always has unintended consequences that can really gum up the works. And I don't want to do it that way. But down in tech or in Oklahoma, um, North Tulsa, Oklahoma decided they would solve the problem themselves. They decided they did want local grocers to be hmm. competitive and be in existence. And so they just passed an ordinance that limited the, the, the number of dollar stores they could put out. And some, you small mean, so like, the number of they could have like three within that county yeah. or something like that. That's it. 
Okay. That's it. So they they couldn't use the power of this huge corporation to just keep rubber stamping out these dollar stores everywhere until you wipe out everybody. Okay. And um, that seems to me a perfect solution. If people are concerned that their neighbors are getting wiped out, they can take it up on the local level and refuse to let McDonald's in or refuse to let yeah. Dollar Tree or refuse to let Walmart come in. Walmart's been prohibited from coming in in some regions. You know, they just pass a law against it. Yeah. I love that. I think that's the way to go. I think it's an elegant way. I think mm-hmm. it's simple. I think it is difficult sometimes in the democratic process because of the things I said earlier. Walmart provides cheap food and people want that. And Walmart also provides a lot of jobs and people want those. So I can see yeah. how it can be difficult for that to happen on a local level sometimes. But I think if if you have a supportive community um, and we're seeing now more and more problems from those big stores coming in. So I think people are becoming more aware of it. Yeah, but from an investing perspective, I I think this is the kind of thing that to me is is the art and not the science. Like to me, investing is so creative and that's really what made me fall in love with it. And the creativity is, how do I see this company changing? How do I imagine these people moving in a certain direction? If these people, you know, die in a bus accident, what's going to happen to this company? Who's going to come in? Just the conjecturing around the mysterious, amorphous entity that is a corporation what's what is the culture there and what are the values and are people going to like is it inherent in this company to try to destroy small businesses in walmart it is and if you're somebody who's into that then cool buy it and if you're not then be aware of that but you're not going to find that written in the annual report we're a company who lives to destroy small businesses. No, you're not. And we're, we're, a, we're company, a company that likes to suck the money right out of every small community and take it off and give it to big, wealthy. And, you know, we're a company funds. that provides tons of minimum wage jobs. And we're a company that small local municipalities have written laws against to prevent us from coming right. in. And these are all right. the kind of details that I, I find so interesting to pull and discover and debate if that's something I want to be with. Yeah, I'm this is so fascinating to me that um, when you you dive into what your company actually does. By the way, you guys, I think that it's important and when we're talking about things like this that you realize that this level of interest in a corporation or in a, in, a, in what a company's doing is simply so far below the radar of fund managers, predominantly who are running mutual funds. They're, they don't care. I mean, they, they may care, but they're never gonna get this deep in the weeds because they've got too many of these companies to look at. So they don't look at this stuff. But and you they're can. not gonna own it for 20 years. They're gonna own no. it for three months. 90, 90 or days. Or a year or something. Exactly. Yeah. And so, you know, when, when we as an individual investor are digging in, we're really looking at values and you can decide for yourself if you think, you know, that is really, I think rural countryside um, farming, little farms and, and communities are really important. 
And when a big box chain comes in there, it takes the money out of that community that was staying in the community with the local grocer, the local clothing store, the local pharmacy. When you spent your money there, that pharmacy owner spent his money there in the community. And it it goes around. There's one argument that says that a dollar spent at a local store is $30 within a community. And that's good for the community. When you take that same dollar down to Walmart, maybe 2 or $3 stay in the community and the rest of it leaves and hmm. goes away. Hmm. And that is what guts these smaller towns. So in okay, some but countries... Wait, one more issue. Hmm. What if, I mean, I feel like you're sort of canonizing like the imaginary, incredible local pharmacy and local. They're just the best places that have ever existed. And Walmart is so much worse. I am a bit, Um, I have to say. What if Walmart or Whole Foods owned by Amazon or Target, my world favorite of all time place, comes in? And they have fantastic stuff that you couldn't get at your crappy local grocery store that only had crappy local non-organic stuff. I have lived that experience and so have you. Yep. So it's not like, I don't like it. It's no blanket. Everybody's bad and everybody's good situation. There's always tons of gray. And I think there's a place for big national chain stores and there's a place for local stores and um and so that's why i thought that your your suggestion that municipalities regulate maybe you can have one in a certain area or something and you drive there if you want to you know that's that seems like a nice elegant solution to me (laughs) maybe maybe that's it i i don't know if you remember when walmart came into fairfield i was just gonna say i remember so well when Walmart came, I have no idea how old I was, but I remember was so glad. it was like, yes, it was like Jesus had landed on earth and everybody yeah. was like, did you see Jesus? Have you been there? Did you go to the spot where Jesus is standing? Because Jesus is selling like clothing. Like we didn't have anywhere to buy clothes. Yeah. Jesus sold exactly. clothes. Jesus well, there was, sold There was a drills. place to buy clothes. They just... It was bad. Didn't choose well because it was a small town person who was choosing the clothing. I, I I like living in small towns, so you know we've lived in small towns, and it's honestly it is really true when these when these stores come in, they have a much sort of better sense of everything. Well, and you know, they have resources that they can bring. Bigger items range of drugs in the pharmacy, bigger range of food in the wouldn't necessarily grocery. be brought to like middle of nowhere, exactly. Iowa. It really was kind of like Nirvana. And and frankly, people do it because they don't necessarily like the local grocer. You exactly. Know? And they don't really like the guy that runs a clothing store who's sort of curmudgeonly and never buys the right stuff. I mean, that's also what happens is it's there's personalities true. involved. And I think actually Fairfield's a great example because Walmart's still there. And so are a lot of small stores and the businesses stores on the square have that have done to a well, one, because the residents care and purposely go and support those stores. And two, because they found niches that Walmart doesn't do. So they yeah. are living in a 
world of capitalist competition and they're winning. Now, that's a really good point. I mean, Walmart sells jewelry like crazy and it's super cheap. And America's Diamond opened up on the square there and just really became a regionally successful company. I don't even know. I think they moved to Texas, but they're still a company. They were so good. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, there's and of course, the local. And then there's the at home store, which. Here, let's let's give them a mega ad for the at-home store, which is this incredible shop, which now has um, online purchasing. You could they have a website now that they set up over COVID, and it is run and owned by a woman who I've known since I was born, and she has the best taste, maybe of any person. <laughs> in the world like she knows the best product for every possible thing at home the best cotton the best dishes the best china the best cooking ware, the best yarn the best her stuff is just unbelievable so if it's stocked in her store you know it's really good wait wait is this the at home you're talking about what do you mean like it's a huge company that's all over the place no there's some other store that's also called at home I yeah, think. this is, is Rosie Weatherspoon's store. And if you put in oh. at home, at home, um, Fairfield or something like that. Oh, she created such a good name. Somebody took it and ran with it. I know. But they set up their online selling over COVID. So I know they have it. And her, her stuff is just so beautiful. And, and her husband, Bill, started another company there that Excellent. their son Sky is running. That just, was phenomenally I don't think she'd like that. <laughs> it's just like holy smokes! It's just, yeah, X, right? And <laughs> but that's that's what people do who are creative, you know. And the, and the the town rebuilds itself. And there's some very creative people in Fairfield. Um, I go back to the Alabama town. I'm thinking about, and it they just don't have that going on there. It's all boarded up, and yeah, you know, yeah, it's just a different world. It's by the way, one of the real conundrums of investing is that you're almost always going to be investing in stuff that's big. I mean, if oh, you're totally. a public company, it's like, I would love to put money with Rosie's store, oh, but yeah. it's private and yeah. I couldn't invest in it. And yes. it doesn't grow exp- in, in any kind of really consistent way. So it doesn't have the ability to um, build my capital internally, which is what I want a company to do. So one yeah. of the ironies of being me, I suppose, is that I really like small and I'm investing in stuff and hoping it gets big. And it's just <laughs> like, oh man, okay. So yeah, so yeah, there's an issue. It's the conundrum. You can find small companies that are publicly listed, but as we've discussed and you taught me, they're a bit dangerous sometimes. Oh my God. Yeah, those penny stocks when you try to buy into penny stocks you can make them go up so fast and then when you try to get out you lose all your money <laughs> i know well we should talk about that more sometime other alternate markets because they're pretty stock. hilarious i love it okay all right let's do that next time thanks everybody uh, or glanbia might come back next time we're, it'll we're come back it. it'll okay. come back okay so, bye time to go play see ya Hi guys, thanks for listening to Invested. If you enjoyed this episode and you want more information or to listen to additional episodes, visit our website at investedpodcast.com. 
and sign up for my virtual workshop right there. Spots are definitely limited for this event. I'm not kidding. They really are. They sell out very quickly. So everything discussed on this podcast, by the way, is either my opinion or it's Danielle's opinion. And I'm really important. It's not to be taken as investing advice because I am not your financial advisor, nor have I considered your personal situation as your fiduciary. So remember that you're on your own here. This podcast is for your entertainment and education only. And I really hope you enjoyed it.